segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate and Mette. what's up guys so how's it going all right in today's episode uh we are going to be previewing the last division the pacific division the western conference of the nba take a look at all the teams for fantasy and then we'll sort of project out this division um and then the regular season is starting on Tuesday. So we're just going to take a look at previewing some of the Tuesday and Wednesday games. Uh, we'll take a look at some of the spreads and we'll sort of pick our winners. So um, yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, we'll start with previewing the Pacific division um, and we'll start with the Golden State Warriors. So um, Nate, um, I'll just get to you for that. Just preview them for fantasy. Sure. Uh, I guess for um, early rounds, I guess um, you could probably uh, draft Steph Curry first. He's probably the best player on the team as of right now. You could also look at maybe um, Andrew Wiggins and maybe Draymond Green as well in the early rounds. And then I guess in the middle rounds, maybe you could kind of take a look at uh, Kevon Looney or Jordan Poole. Um, maybe Clay Thompson, if he comes uh, back, I guess, early this season, maybe you could draft him in the, in the middle round, something like that. And then you stash him on IR, then he comes back for your team. And then in late rounds, you could probably take a look at James Wiseman or Otto Porter Jr. I was uh, wondering about Andre Iguodala, but when I looked at his stats, um, other than defense, there wasn't really too much that um, he was doing on, on the teams that he was on. So... If you think he's gonna bounce back, you could take it. You could take him, but only like maybe with your like um, last pick or something like that. All right. And are there any notable rookies? Um, I remember uh, there was a guy that was balling out in the preseason. I can't remember his name, but anyways, do you have any rookies for this team? Uh, for rookies, there there was a name, but the name kind of escapes me. Um, Mete, do you do you remember who it was? Uh, the rookies, the first rounders. I know they have. Jonathan Kuminga, uh, Moses Moody. Uh, I think Kuminga has been hurt, so my best guess would be Moses Moody. Yeah, for sure. I noticed that they had some rookies balling out. Uh, you definitely want to, I guess, take a look at them, um, you know, if there's an injury or whatever in this Warriors team. Um, but, yeah, let me just move now to the L.A. Lakers. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you for that, for that team. Just preview them for fantasy. All right, so for fantasy for the Lakers, uh, the first Laker I would pick would be Anthony Davis. He did uh, have some injury concerns last season, but and he wasn't as good as his usual self. But, yeah, he's definitely a rebound candidate, and I fully believe in him. So, yeah, uh, first-round talent for sure. Another first-round talent, his teammate LeBron James. Uh, yeah, he, like Anthony Davis, uh, ran into a lot of injury issues last season. So, yeah, I mean, LeBron, he's always putting up MVP numbers. You can never go wrong with him. Another first-round talent for me. And then Russell Westbrook, I feel like it's probably around, like, round uh, early round three, late round two talent. Uh, Triple-double guy. He's probably going to be 
losing out on some points and rebounds this season now that he's playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis, but I feel like uh, playing with those two is going to benefit his assist numbers. Uh, hopefully with LeBron there as well, he doesn't have to handle the ball as much. The turnovers kind of go down. He gets more efficient and yeah, he'd be an even better fantasy player than he already is. And then for later rounds or deeper league picks, I'd probably go for a guy like Kemp Bazemore. He's projected to start as a small forward there right now. So yeah, he's a solid three and D guy. I believe he was on the Warriors last season. So yeah, he had a solid year. I think he can do the same, if not better for the Lakers. Carmelo Anthony, uh, yeah, he's still got it. Uh, probably not a starter role, probably like a sixth man, seventh man type role. But if he's given 20 minutes, he can still be fantasy relevant for points, uh, decent for rebounds as well. So uh, you could give a look at him. And then Dwight Howard, we saw what he did last year, especially with Embiid out. Still a double-double machine when he's given the minutes. I think uh, 15 minutes, he can double-double. So he's definitely worth a look as well. And then Wayne Ellington, another another guy like Kemp Bazemore, who's projected to start a uh, 3 and D guy. So, yeah, if he's starting, definitely worth a look in deeper uh, leagues. And then for rookie, uh, Austin Reeves, undrafted guy. I think he plays uh, shooting guard for them. He's had a solid preseason so he's probably not uh doesn't have a role right now in the rotation so yeah you just gotta look out for him I think he's the best rookie there if he's given the minutes he could produce for sure all right and what about guys like Horton Tucker Kendrick Nunn I guess is there any love for them or are they not going to be used a lot so Horton Tucker he would have been a good pick I think but I think like Two, three weeks ago, he had a season-ending injury. So that's a tough blow for him. And then Kendrick Nunn, I don't know. I feel like this team uh, wanting to contend, I think they're going to play a lot of these veteran guys I named. So, yeah, I feel like Nunn is definitely talented, but I can't see him getting many minutes, at least to start the season. All right, sounds good. And I'll now take a look at the LA Clippers for fantasy. Um, I'll start off with sort of the elephant in the room, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Um, you're probably not going to draft him anywhere near the top like he normally goes most years uh, because he did suffer a season-ending injury last year that will carry into this season. Um, I think the target return date for him is maybe March or April, and that's just too far into the fantasy season for you to really capitalize on the value. Plus, we know how uh, Kawhi is with his load management. So even if you do get him back for the fantasy playoffs, the chances are that uh, he's going to be playing every other game or something like that. So you really can't trust him. So you probably take him like the 10th round and like later if you get him. But if he goes earlier than that, then I feel like that that's too early. Uh, and then I'll start by taking a look at Paul George. He plays small forward and power forward in fantasy. He's pretty much the number one option for this Clippers team. He's going to pretty much be uh, the main guy there. And the main reason if this Clippers team does make the playoffs this year, which they should. Um, so yeah, he's pretty much good uh, in every category. He's one of those rare breeds in fantasy where um, you take him in the first round and he just, you know, produces. Um, so yeah, have confidence taking Paul George in the first round of standard leagues. Um, and then uh, Reggie Jackson's there, point guard and shooting guard for this team. He really had a, his breakout in the playoffs. 
I really feel like that he can sort of carry it over into this regular season now as the full-time starter with uh, Pat Beverly gone. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty much good for everything. He'll get po- points, uh, assists, uh, not too many rebounds. Uh, most of his percentages are good, and he has been pretty decent from three. So definitely a guy that you should be checking out in the, the mid-rounds. Um, then there's Eric Bledsoe. Um, he sort of came over in that uh, trade uh, for Pat Beverly. Um, he plays point guard and shooting guard. Obviously, um, he's not going to really give you amazing percentages, especially in terms of like threes, but uh, he can put up points and he is a decent guard. So he's definitely a guy you can check out. Um, I have Marcus Morris here. Um, I know he should be one of the starters. It's either going to be between him and uh, Nick Batum at the four. So um, both of those guys are solid for fantasy, but I guess in different ways. Uh, Marcus Morris, he's really strong, uh, I guess, rebounds and threes uh, for the most part. Those are like his main strengths. And then for Nick Batum, he's more of like an all-around guy. So he'll get you like at least one steal a game. He'll get you um, really solid percentages. And he also does shoot threes as well. So um, those are two guys you can look at. They'll probably be starting like every other game because I know uh, the coach likes both of them. Um, I know Marcus Morris was coming off the bench a lot last year, so I guess just monitor that. Um, but yeah, they both should be taken around the later rounds of drafts. And then I have uh, Avika Zubac. Uh, he plays center for this team. Uh, he should be the starting center uh, going forward. Um, yeah, he's being drafted in middle rounds right now. Um, he's not always safe for a double-double, but he does put up good stats when it comes to uh, getting points and rebounds. Obviously, playing in the paint, uh, his uh, field goal should be a little bit higher, and uh, hopefully he will get you some blocks as well. So definitely a guy to check out. Um, I have Luke Kennard here, play shooting guard, small forward. Um, he's probably going to be coming off the bench. He could start over Bledsoe, just keep an eye on that. Um, but yeah, if he doesn't, he's most likely a late-round target. Um, and then I have uh, Terrence Mann as my uh, last player that you could look at. He's more of a guy you just take a flyer on maybe at the end of your draft or maybe if you're in a keeper league or something. If he's getting more minutes, if you see him on the court a lot more, he's definitely going to produce. He can put up a lot of points. So in points leagues, he might be a bit more valuable. So he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. And then for rookies, there's a couple I could have gone with. I went with Keon Johnson. He was their first round pick. Um, he does play small forward, obviously, with Kawhi Leonard's injury. There is a chance that he could uh, see some minutes, but I don't think it's going to be enough minutes right now for you to be drafting him. He's just more of a guy that you just keep your eye on in case there's an injury to a guy like Paul George or Terrence Mann who do play the three, and then maybe you might see Johnson in there. But, yeah, that's um, the preview for the Clippers. Uh, Metti, I'll get back to you. Uh, Sacramento Kings, uh, just take a look at them for fantasy. All right, so uh, for the Kings, first guy I'd go for, uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, point guard there. Number one option, probably in his third or fourth year, still very young, so he's got great upside. I feel like he's one of the more underappreciated players in the league as he plays in uh, for the Sacramento Kings, and uh, not a lot of people pay attention to them. So, yeah, don't sleep on Fox because of that reason probably draft him around round two, round three. And then for the mid-round picks there, Richwan Holmes. Uh, yeah, he's a great big man. Uh, double-double machine. Uh, great uh, percentages, blocks, steals. Pretty much does it all except for uh, three-pointers and assists. Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, 
sophomore shooting guard. I believe he's projected to start. So, yeah, if you thought he was good last season, uh, this season he's going to be given a bigger role. So he should be even better. And then Buddy Heald uh, projected to be the sixth man there. But, yeah, he's really uh, one of the better three-point shooters in the league. So due to that, due to that reason... I wouldn't be scared of drafting him, even though he's a bench player. Uh, yeah, I'd draft him around probably like round eight, nine, I think is worth a look. And then later round picks, Marvin Bagley. He hasn't really lived up to the number two overall pick expectations, but he's still really solid. He's had injury issues. So if he could stay healthy, I think he's got a lot of untapped potential left that uh, yeah, if he could stay healthy, he could definitely become a greater, uh, great player still. Harrison Barnes, uh, probably the fourth or fifth option there, uh, starting small forward. For the Kings, he's uh, not really like his uh, old days in Dallas. He's just a spot-up guy now, 3 and D. And then for rookie, I'd probably go for Davian Mitchell. That was their... Uh, pick this year in the draft for the first round so I know the Kings they have uh, solid guards doesn't look like he's going to be given too many minutes but yeah they're a lottery team I'm sure he'll be given the minutes even if he's not starting like Tyrese Halliburton last season he got 20 plus minutes Mitchell will probably be the same and yeah I think he's going to be really impressive I uh, I've heard really great things and reports about him. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I think uh, he should be worth uh, a look in drafts. Uh, he's ranked like 655th on Yahoo, which I think is absurd. I would definitely gamble on him on my last pick, especially if I'm in like a keeper or a deep league. Yeah, definitely uh, take a look at him. Yeah, for sure. Um and then for the last team in this division, the Phoenix Suns, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on this team for fantasy. So for the Suns, I guess in the early rounds, you could take a look at um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and uh, DeAndre Ayton. Um, they're the three best players on the team. So they're most likely going to be going somewhere in like the early rounds. And then in the middle rounds, you could maybe take a look at Michael Bridges or I guess Jay Crowder, and I guess in late rounds you can maybe take a look at um, Cameron Payne, Landry Shamit, Javale McGee, and uh, Frank Kaminsky. And I guess for rookies, uh, the Suns actually don't um, have a rookie in the rotation, if I remember correctly, because they traded their rookie to the Nets. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is. This was a very young uh, Suns team, but they've become very veteran-oriented, I guess, uh, in terms of their build. I guess maybe that was one of the reasons why they were able to go to the NBA Finals last season. Um, yeah, they just have a lot of guys with now more experience. So, um, yeah, uh, no rookies for them, but definitely a solid lineup for fantasy. And then uh, let's just move now to projecting the standings for this division. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll start with you for the Pacific Division. There's a lot of strong teams here. I guess, how do you see it shaking out? Yeah, a lot of strong teams for sure. I have the Lakers at one. Uh, I really believe that they're going to be a good team. A lot of people 
don't like the fit of Westbrook with the Lakers, but they're really talented. LeBron, uh, he's a team-oriented guy. I think Westbrook is too. Uh, he's really perceived as this selfish player, but I don't get it as a guy who averages 10-plus assists is seen as selfish, so it's kind of confusing to me. Uh, number two, Phoenix Suns coming off a great playoff run. I think that they kind of got lucky in the sense that uh, Lakers got hurt in the first round. They got by them. And then they didn't have to play the Clippers without Kawhi. But, yeah, they got the job done and got to the finals. I feel like this season uh, they won't be as lucky. And then third, I have the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I feel like uh, they're going to have a good season. and an even better season once Clay comes back. They just got to do all right until he's back, and then they can really turn it on and become contenders again, I think. And then for fourth, I have the Clippers. Uh, the injury to Kawhi is just a huge blow for them. And this division is really tough, so I didn't want to have them at four. They're definitely not uh, a fourth-place team with Kawhi, but... Like I said, it's in a tough division. I kind of had to. And then Sacramento, again, they're honestly a pretty solid team, but really tough division. So someone's got to be fifth, and it's them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess um, I'll, I'll start, I guess, with my fifth-place team, and that's Sacramento. When you're in such a tough division, um, and you might be a decent team, uh, and you end up being that fifth place team, it's just so hard to make the playoffs when you're losing to all the teams in your division all the time. Like if they were in another division and they weren't playing these teams all the time, I feel like they would have a better chance of making the playoffs. But yeah, um, I'll start with number one for me. I have the Phoenix Suns here. I feel like, I guess over the off season, they've gotten a lot deeper. I feel like we complained a lot about their depth in the playoffs, how they were mostly winning games with their starting lineup. But I mean, if you look at their depth now, it got way better. They added like Alfred Payton, Landry Shamet, uh, JaVel McGee and others. And I mean, that's depth. And I feel like that this team, they if they go through injuries, uh, they won't need to worry because they will have some depth. So I think that's really important. So I like them for that. Um, I have the Lakers at two. So I guess moving up a bit from last year, um, I guess just because the team's healthy as we speak, of course, we don't know over the course of the full season, but just by looking at the team, um, adding Westbrook is definitely a plus. I know a lot of people don't like Russell Westbrook, but he is a good basketball player. And uh, he definitely, um, with all the stats he puts up, will help this team. Um, and then, yeah, I have the Clippers at number three. Obviously, they dropped from last year. Obviously, no Kawhi Leonard for most of the season. Um, and they did lose some of their depth pieces. I really like Pat Beverly, even though some people don't. Um, and I mean, just some of the other guys that they had on this team um, definitely uh, helped. Hopefully guys like Terrace Mann and others, uh, they can sort of step up and become depth guys for them. But I, I guess until I see that happening, I have them at number three. Uh, number four, I have Golden State. Obviously that would change if uh, uh, Clay was in the lineup from the start of the season. Obviously he's not coming back to around December, January, if I remember correctly. So, um, and uh, I mean, we saw Golden State struggle. I don't know how much they did to address their depth. Um, maybe a little bit, but I don't know if it's going to be enough in this division. Um, hopefully the rookies step up. I know, Mete, you mentioned like Moses Moody and uh, Kaminga and others. Uh, if they do step up, yeah, they can finish uh, higher than fourth, um, especially with Clay coming back. But I guess as of right now, just looking at them, I can't see it. 
And then, yeah, the Sacramento Kings I talked about who are at number five, like you mentioned, they have a great lineup, but in this division, it just doesn't match up with the other teams. So uh, Nate, I'll get to you, I guess, projecting your standings for this division. So I guess I have the Phoenix Suns at uh, number one, mainly because of um, their playoff performance last year. I think they did um, really well. And I feel like they're going to be one of the better uh, teams in the league for sure. So I put them at number one. I put the Lakers at number uh, two. Um, you can't can't really put a LeBron-led team um, too, too low. And the roster is really good. The only um, thing, only the only concern that I have is kind of the, um, I guess the the injury history of some of the players. For example, um, even though LeBron's been um, relatively healthy for his age, I don't think he's. If you compare his like um, games played um, for his Laker years compared to his past years, it's like not, it's not close. So. And there's also, um, I guess, Anthony Davis has injury history as well. I feel like Westbrook's probably like the, the healthiest um, player of all the starters that they have on the, the roster or one of them. So that could kind of be a problem in um, maybe like halfway through the season, someone might get injured and then they kind of have to try to clutch, clutch it out to kind of get a good um, seating. So I put them at second. I put the Clippers at third. Um, there's there are there are injuries. Um, the roster is not as strong, but I feel like they could still um, finish third. And then the Warriors are fourth. Um, they also have some injury issues right now, so I feel like um, both the Clippers and the Warriors are going to have have to have um, really good um, early starts to their season. So. It's kind of three and four are kind of interchangeable, but I just put Warriors at fourth and then I put the Kings at fifth because um, they're really good compared to like their previous years, but um, the entire division is really good. So it's going to be really hard for them to kind of place higher than any of the other teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we definitely talked a lot about Sacramento. Um and then, yeah, like you mentioned, Golden State does have a lot of guys out. Obviously, Thompson, uh, Kaminga, and Wiseman won't be ready to start the season. So that is a big blow in terms of their depth. Obviously, they got Igudala coming in. Um, they got other, um, you know, uh, serviceable players. But I guess especially at that center position, they just don't have the depth, I guess, that they need to compete in this division to start the year. But I guess, Mette, I'll get to you. I guess any last thoughts on any of the teams in this division or I guess the division as a whole? Yeah, I think this division has a really good chance to have four playoff teams. Like I said, it's probably the best division in the league uh, for this season. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw four teams from this division make it to the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Either Pacific or the Atlantic division are probably the two strongest divisions in the league, uh, one in each conference. But yeah, I definitely agree with you. Four teams should be, uh, I don't know if I'd say locks because injuries do happen, but pretty close to locks to making the playoffs this year. Then obviously there's Sacramento. Um, Nate, just getting to you, I guess, any last thoughts on on this division? Uh, it's kind of pretty much the same as you guys. The first four teams they're um they're probably going to uh, make the playoffs i guess it'll kind of depend on like kind of what happens during 
uh, down the stretch for like maybe a team like the, the Warriors in terms of personnel, they, they could do it's just that they have um, injury problems. So it was kind of tough for them last year, but can't really count the warrior warriors out. And I guess for Sacramento, I feel like they're going to be um, knocking on the door of the playoffs this year. They'll kind of be like maybe ninth or some or something like that. Um, it's going to be uh, tough for them, but I guess hopefully they might be able to um, have a really good performance, like maybe in the middle of the season, uh, another team in a weaker conference gets an injury and then we end up having like five uh, teams in one conference in the playoffs or something. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, like I did mention, I'm not sure how uh, Sacramento would make the playoffs, I guess, playing these teams as often as they'll have to. Uh, I mean, when you're a playoff team, you got to rack up the wins against the teams in your division because those are the teams you're playing the most throughout the season. And yeah, I, I mean, if you're playing against whether it's Phoenix or the Lakers or whoever, it's just tough to see them just pulling out those games. Uh, those are pretty much must-win games if you're a playoff team. And yeah, um, five playoff teams would be interesting from a division, but I really have a tough time seeing a Sacramento sort of moving forward unless one of the other teams takes a major step back. So I guess it'll definitely be uh, interesting to watch in this division for sure. And then, yeah, um, let's just move now into the preview. We'll preview Tuesday and Wednesday's games for the start of the NBA season. Really exciting stuff for sure. Um, we'll start with the first game on Tuesday. It's the Brooklyn Nets at the Milwaukee Bucks. Just taking a look at the spread. Um, it looks like the Bucks are favored by one um, as of right now. So, um, Nate, I'll start with you here. Um, it's pretty much a pick em for the most part. Do you like the Bucks or do you like the Nets? Um, I guess I'll take the Bucks mainly because um, we're not really too sure how the roster is going to be finalized for the Nets, even though they do have the deepest roster on paper. But um, I think Milwaukee is one of the few teams in the East that can kind of, um, I guess, take the Nets. So I'll go with the Bucks. All right, Mete, getting to you, I guess, how do you see this game? Yeah, this is a rematch of the second round, I believe of the Eastern Conference. So yeah, uh, during that series, I was really sleeping on the Bucks, And so with the Bucks being home, I feel like, yeah, they should uh, have this one in the bag. Yeah, I guess just looking at this game, um, I, there are reasons why I would like to take the Bucks, uh, but I think I'll be different and I will go with the Nets. I think the main reason I'm doing that um, it's just because uh, Kevin Durant almost pretty much won the series by himself. Uh, and I mean, he's going to be fully healthy now. I know Kyrie might not play. We don't know what the situation is with him. Um, but yeah, I think Harden and Durant are, they can shoulder the load on their own. Um, the, the Nets do have a good team. Um, I feel like that uh, the reason the line sort of flipped, I think the Nets were originally favored in this game, but it flipped is because a lot of people uh, just felt really strongly about the Bucs or the champs. But I feel like this is sort of an opportunity where a lot of people are sleeping on the Nets in this game. So I think I might lean there. And then uh, moving to the, the second game on Tuesday, uh, we got the Golden State Warriors against the LA Lakers in LA. Uh, the spread is at three and a half in favor of the Lakers. I met Tay this time. I'll start with you. I guess uh, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, I'm going with the home team again. Uh, Lakers, the big three should be playing, and 
the Warriors, they're without Clay Thompson to start the year. And Jonathan Kuminga is out. So, yeah, I'll take the healthier team and uh, the home team, Lakers. All right, Nate, uh, which side are you on here? Uh, minus three and a half with the Lakers, or are you on the Warriors? I think the Lakers could uh, maybe take this at maybe three and a half. That's basically just two baskets at that point. So, And the Lakers, I think they're healthier than the Warriors. And there's also kind of the adjustment period for, I guess, physicality, because I think the rules are going to be changing a little bit. So I feel like the Lakers might be able to deal with that better than the Warriors this year. Yeah, I know both LeBron and Steph Curry have sort of um, taken advantage of that in the past uh, with all of the, you know, times they've gone to the free throw line over, you know, some shady calls. But I know the, like you said, the the refing is going to be tightening up now. Um, it could affect both teams. Obviously, Steph Curry's a bigger portion of that Warriors offense. So yeah, if it does affect them more, um, I know, I'm definitely going to have to agree with you guys. Go with the Lakers at minus three and a half. Uh, the spread might move a little bit from now, but while it's at minus three and a half, that's definitely um, where you want to be taking advantage of the Lakers. Um, and then I guess just getting to Wednesday's action. Um, we'll start with the first game, the Pacers at the Hornets. The Hornets are favored at minus two. I guess, Mete, which way are you looking here? Um, yeah, I guess I'll just stick with the home team again. Uh, it's not that big of a spread. I really like the Hornets this year with LaMelo. I think he'll be even better. So, yeah, uh, Hornets. Yeah, I think the Hornets are pretty healthy for the first time in a while. I'd, I definitely like them as well. Um, I don't know about the status uh, for everyone on the Pacers. Um, like from what I'm seeing, uh, Karis LeVert, um, it's, I, I don't think he's playing. Um, obviously, TJ Warren's not playing. We know Miles Turner's dealt with injuries. Yeah, I feel like that this is a, a game that uh, Charlotte can actually win. But I guess, Nate, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, Karis Levert's injured as well. So um, I feel like um, the Hornets should be able to take this game. All right. And moving to the next game, it's the Chicago Bulls at the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Bulls are favored by three and a half. I guess, Nate, which way are you leaning here? Um, I guess I'll go with the Bulls. Um, I know Detroit is slowly um, rebuilding. They're, they're slowly getting better, but Chicago is um, really stacked at the moment. So I think I'll go with them. Yeah, I think I'm going to side the uh, same way as you. Uh, the Chicago team, there is a chance they don't get off on the right foot the first game, but I, don't, I think that chance is pretty low. I think that this team should get off on the right foot with all the talent they have, and they definitely should win this game, and three and a half seems good. But I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with Chicago as well. I feel like uh, the spread is too low for me to bet against them. So, yeah, they're clearly the better team. As long as they don't beat themselves, uh, they should cover. All right. And then getting to the next game, we have the Boston Celtics at the New York Knicks. The Knicks are favored by one. Some places say one and a half. Um, I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts on this one? Which side are you taking here? Yeah, it's a 50-50 game for me. I know the Knicks are home, but I usually like to side with the plus on games that I feel are coin tosses. So... I'll go with the Celtics. 
All right, and Nate, getting to you, I guess, which side do you like here? Um, it's a toss-up, so I guess I'll just go with the Knicks. Yeah, um, it's definitely a toss-up for me. This game might come down to the wire. Um, I guess just looking at like the depth charts for this team, I know Boston struggled with a lot of injuries. I know um, it looks like Al Horford um, might not play um, because apparently him and Jalen Brown are in health and safety protocols. So that might lean me towards the Knicks. Obviously, we know what Jason Tatum can do. He can pretty much put this team on his back. Of course, Smart is smart. Dennis Schroeder and others are there. Um, so, I mean, this team should still be strong, but I think I might lean slightly with the Knicks. But I guess if they come out of uh, protocol by Wednesday, I think Boston definitely has the depth to, to sort of beat this Knicks team. But we'll have to see. Right now, I'm just going to lean with the Knicks. And then moving to the next game, um, the Washington Wizards are at the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors are favored by minus two and a half. Um, I guess, Metti, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, which way are you leaning? Yeah, I'm taking the Raptors. They're home. Uh, first game back in Toronto for over a year. Uh, yeah, I feel like the Raptors are slept on this year. I'm not just saying that because I'm from Toronto. I just, I, I really like our roster this year. So, yeah, I'm going with the Raptors. All right, Nate, and I guess just getting to you, um... Do you like the Raptors at minus two and a half? Or I guess, how do you see this game? Um, I guess just looking at the depth chart, um, Bradley Beal looks like um, he may not play. Um, Roy Hachimura is out. So um, I guess Kyle Kuzma is going to be getting more minutes, but I'm not sure if that's going to be enough to beat the Raptors. So I'll take the Raptors. Yeah, um, I think this one is going to be tough uh, to sort of project because, of course, the Raptors, it looks like they won't have Pascal Siakam. They might not have Chris Boucher. Um, they do have a lot of other really solid players, especially at the guard positions, Van Vliet, uh, Dragic, and uh, Gary Trent. Uh, OG is going to be playing, and they have Cam Birch and others. So, I mean, their team is pretty deep. Um, Washington, if they don't have Bradley Beal, I think he might be good to go actually, but they don't have him. I mean, they have Kuzma, they have others, but yeah, their roster just doesn't stack up. I think if Beal's in there, I got to roll with Washington because they're getting points, but if he doesn't play, I'm definitely with you guys and I'd be siding with the Toronto Raptors for sure. And then getting to the next game, uh, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are favored by seven and a half. Um, Nate, I'll start with you. I guess which side are you on here? Um, it's a little tough to say, but I guess um, we'll go with the Grizzlies on this. All right, and getting to Mete, uh, you like the Grizzlies at seven and a half, or do you like Cleveland? Uh, seven and a half. <laughs> That's kind of a big spread, uh, for basketball. So. Uh, I'm thinking Cleveland. Uh, Memphis should win this, but yeah, like I said, I think it's kind of a big spread. Cleveland, I don't think they're too bad. It's the first game of the season, so I, I would go with Cleveland, actually. Yeah, I think I might lean Cleveland also, just because, like you said, uh, the spread seems kind of big just sort of the, for the beginning of the season because I guess we don't know um, how teams are. I feel like teams could be playing a lot tighter at the beginning of the year. Um, 
and I think that Colin Sexton should be playing. And if he is, then that's definitely something you want to keep an eye on because you probably want to grab Cleveland at this number before it sort of moves a bit closer. So, um, yeah, if Sexton doesn't play, obviously that number is going to sort of move out. And um, th- at that point, you should be taking Memphis. But, yeah, Mete, I will side with you uh, on Cleveland here. And then sort of getting to the next game, uh, we have – uh, the 76ers at the New Orleans Pelicans. 76ers are favored by four and a half. I guess, Metti, I'll start with you on this one. I guess, where are you leaning here? Yeah, four and a half. That's not too high. I think 76ers win. Uh, they're not home, but yeah, the Pelicans, they're going to be without Zion Williamson. He's their best player, so that's a big blow for them. And yeah, that's my main reasonings behind the Sixers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Nate getting to you, I guess, uh, which side are you leaning on here? I guess I'll go with the 76ers on this. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, I think you have to, even without Ben Simmons, because uh, them not having Zion is, you know, it's a big deal. I feel like more than, um, you know, the Sixers not having Ben Simmons, because the Sixers do have, have other top options there. Um, you know, with guys like Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think they can cover for his absence. So, yeah, I definitely will lean uh, with Philadelphia there at the four and a half. Um, getting to the next game, we got the Timberwolves, or sorry, the Rockets at the Timberwolves. Timberwolves are favored by five and a half points. Uh, Nate, I guess, what are you seeing here? Um, I guess I'll go with the Timberwolves. All right, and getting to you, Mete, I guess, um, how do you see this game? Uh, do you like the Timberwolves at minus five and a half, or do you like the Rockets? Uh, good question. It's two lottery teams. Five and a half, it's not too much. So I guess I'll just go with the home side and the Timberwolves. Yeah, um, I think I might be different here and go with the Rockets. I think it's just because we don't know how these two teams are going to come out to start the season. Uh, it looks like Houston, uh, from what I'm seeing, uh, I don't know if they have any injuries. I could be wrong. Um, and yeah, they definitely could be better um, this year. Uh, Minnesota, same thing. Uh, doesn't look like any uh, known injuries. Uh, both teams should come out strong. This could be a close game. So I kind of don't want to rule out the Rockets. I think I might side with uh, them here. And then um, just moving to the next game, uh, it's the Magic at the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs are favored by five and a half. Mete, I'll get to you on this one first. I guess, who do you like here? Yeah, I like the Spurs. Uh, Again, like the Timberwolves, five and a half is not too much. They're home. Yeah, I think the Spurs... uh, have a better roster than the Magic, so everything points towards the Spurs. All right, Nate, getting to you, I guess, which side are you on here? Um, the Spurs, I think, are deeper than the Magic. The Magic are rebuilding, so I'm going to go with the Spurs. Yeah, I think I'm going to be uh, going with the Spurs. I guess just looking at Orlando's roster and I guess all the injuries they have, I was going to lean with Orlando just because I know the Spurs have had trouble covering in the past. But yeah, I think five and a half is doable. I guess, like Nate, you said, with the team that they have, uh, they really don't have any major injuries right now. They should be uh, pretty deep to start the year. Um, definitely uh, could see some guys, especially Kellen Johnson, taking a step forward this year. So yeah, I will side with the Spurs here. 
And then uh, getting to the next game, it's the Thunder at the Utah Jazz. Jazz are favored by 12 points. Betty, I know you don't like big spreads, but I guess which way are you leaning here? Yeah, uh, too big of a spread, so I would go with the Thunder, honestly. And then, Nate, uh, I guess getting to you, uh, do you like Utah at minus 12, or would you side with uh, OKC? Um, I guess I would want to side with OKC. Yeah, I guess I'll go with OKC. Yeah, um, I, I know that uh, OKC, they should have most of their team back this year. Um, I know some people think it's close, but um, I know that the Utah team from last year was just a covering machine. Like they would even cover like 17 point spreads and stuff. So um, yeah, I think they should cover 10. Do they cover 12? I don't know. But I think if they're able to cover at least 10, I might as well just uh, go with them on 12. I think Utah is a good enough team and they are at home and they are deep. So um, yeah, I'm going to lean with the Jazz here. Um, getting to the next game, uh, it's the Denver Nuggets at the Phoenix Suns. The Suns are favored by six points here. I'll just start here by saying I'm going to just go with the Nuggets. Uh, I feel like six points is too much. This Nuggets team is good. I don't know if they're going to be at full health, but um, I mean, they have the reigning MVP on their team. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that they can keep it close. But yeah, I guess, Nate, I don't know what you think about that. Um, I feel like... Um, this is Denver versus Phoenix, right? So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a toss up. I guess um, you could go with uh, I'll go with the Suns actually. So Suns covering minus six. Yeah. All right, and uh, Mete getting to you. I guess which side are you on here? Yeah, I think I'm with the Suns as well. They uh, faced off last year in the playoffs, same situation. No Jamal Murray, and I think the Suns won in four or five. I want to say four. So, yeah, they didn't really have much trouble. I think they can handle six points. All right, and the one last game on the Wednesday slate, uh, the Sacramento Kings at the Portland Trail Blazers. The Blazers are favored by five points. Uh, Matt, I'll start with you. I guess uh, where are you looking here? Yeah, I guess uh, I'll just go with the Blazers. Uh, they're usually a playoff team. They're at home. Uh, the Kings are more of a rebuilding team, so I think they can handle five points. Yeah, I might lean with Portland here just because their starting lineup is really strong. Uh, if it's if you're going starting lineup against starting lineup, I definitely side with uh, Portland. Obviously, in terms of depth, both teams have decent guys, so – I think I'd slightly lean Portland here. I think they can cover that. But I guess, Nate, what do you think? Um, I guess this is kind of like a three-possession game, I think. So I think it's like uh, doable for the Trailblazers to try to, I guess, cover this. All right. And, yeah, uh, great slate for two days' worth of NBA basketball uh, to start off the season. Um, I guess these games will sort of tell us, I guess, where each team's at. Uh, obviously, some – players are out for certain teams but yeah I feel like it's going to be a great way to start the season uh you know um Bucks come in as defending champs and I guess yeah we'll see who ends up being the champion by the end of the year and yeah that's going to be the end of this big time basketball episode make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at fan fan podcast the basketball picks will be going up starting on Tuesday so make sure you get those 
uh, just to see where we are uh, in terms of spreads at the time. Um, and then definitely check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts for this episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube. Make sure you leave us a review, all that good stuff. And yeah, honestly, it's going to be great this year for NBA. Definitely a great way to kick off the season. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you.